welcome to the Coon Hunting University podcast, where we'll discuss all things coon hounds, from competition hunting to pleasure hunting with family and friends. I'm your host, Alan Bridges, and we'll take an in-depth look at our hounds from the whelping box to the winter circle and all the stops in between. So grab your notebooks and your pencils because class is in session. Coonhunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHUPODCAST at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coonhunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back uh, again. I've got a very special guest with us this evening, and it's going to be something different than than what we've become accustomed to. My guest is a newcomer, a relative newcomer to uh, hound sports. He grew up in uh, Chicago by way of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. And he decided a few years ago he, he wanted to get into the hound dog world and he grew up deer hunting with his dad and, and hunting rabbits and stuff. But my guest is a little bit different from the standpoint of, I don't know anything about the career field that he's in, and, and this is going to be interesting for me. Um, my guest is, is Will B.K. Keeling. 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 <laughs> Keeling. So my guest is, is, is Will Keeling. And... Uh, Will is a, a music producer, a manager. Uh, uh, all right, he's a manager, yeah. uh, and and he's in he's in the music industry. He's been in the nightclub business, uh, and so I'm I'm kind of fascinated with with his journey of how he got to to travel to the woods. And when we get done with this interview, we're going to turn a couple of hounds loose and see if we can go tree a coon. But uh, Will, awesome to have you here with me, buddy. Um, I'm just I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you have to say and, and hear your story. So no, I appreciate it. You know, the microphone is yours. Let's start out. All right, you're from Chicago. Yeah, originally originally born in Chicago. Uh, my dad was a, um, a government. He worked for the government and was in the military. So so born in Chicago. I lived in Thailand. I've lived in Thailand, Bangkok. I lived in Puerto Rico. We lived in Virginia, Washington, D.C., New Jersey. So I went to high school in uh, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, so I left there uh, after I graduated and then went down to Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, where I went to uh, undergrad at Norfolk State University. Okay. I got a girl I went to high school with. Her son punted for Norfolk State. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So, all right. So you you get out of college, and what would you major in? Uh, sociology. Okay. And you get out of college, and and then what'd you do? Got out of college. Didn't want to really go back to uh, to Jersey or Chicago. Um, my dad at the time he had a small real estate company in Atlanta, and he had a lot of contacts here because we we were stationed here before as well. So uh, so after I graduated, I moved down here. To, I figured it'd be the easiest way for me to start my life on my own, you know. So I started working with, you know, some of his real estate stuff and, and got in, that's when I got into the nightclub business and bars and like promoting concerts and things of that nature. So, all right, so you're, you're a manager. You, you got into the music business through, through the nightclubs. 
if you don't mind me asking, if you do, it's okay. Uh, but if, if you don't mind me asking, who are some of the clients that you represent today? Uh, today I, I uh, represent Future, who's a, a big hip-hop artist. DJ Esco, uh, ATL Jacob, um, and Tess. Uh, Tess is uh, out of Baltimore. Okay, so... Guys, I, I told Will a while ago on the way down the road that, that we were going to title this podcast from hip hop to hound dogs. <laughs> right. So, uh, but all right. So you grew up hunting with your dad. Yeah. And you get down here to Georgia. What in the world made you want to start coon hunting? All right. So I, I've always deer hunted, always turkey hunted. Um, when I got to Georgia and started living in Georgia, I started doing a little rabbit hunting. And uh, we always, you know, call my dad's buddies out and say, hey, we, we want to hunt at our place today. Could we own some property here in Georgia? So, hey, you guys want to invite everybody over? Hey, come to our place and bring your dogs, you know? So we were looking for dogs on the Internet. And I, I was just, like, looking at YouTube videos of, of, of rabbit dogs and rabbit hunting. Then you know how stuff pops up, you know? Oh, yeah. So, so stuff was popping up, and it had a coon hunt on there. So I said, man, so let me just click on this, you know? So I clicked on it. It was the worst thing I ever clicked on in my life. <laughs> I wish I never clicked on it. <laughs> so that's, that's how I found out about it. And then I watched videos probably about 10 to 12 hours at night. And then the next morning, I started my search. I started looking. Then I found a dog in Ohio, a pure Finley River dog named Dan. And I went to, I drove to Ohio that weekend. I made my mind up that fast that weekend. I drove to Ohio and picked him up. I started coon hunting on my own. That's that's awesome. So you 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 didn't have anybody no. growing up no. that was a mentor to you. No. Um, I'm I'm a first generation coon hunter. Right. But I when I started, I had friends that went with me, and it wasn't long before I found out. Well, this guy over here, he's a mechanic at the Ford dealership. Right. He coon hunts. Well, I met him, and then I met somebody else, and I met, and the next thing I knew, I had mentors people teaching me and you you didn't have that no so what i did was i basically i bought dan and when i bought i bought i got him for like 600 bucks and the guy told me he's like he's a, an ill dog he, you know he can't hunt with no other dogs at the time i didn't have anyone to hunt with anyway because, but i knew he was a, it was a coon dog you know so i said so i bought him anyway so i was just hunting by myself and just kind of using him to like teach me really like, mm -hmm. what i need to do and what to listen for so i started doing that then i started doing more research and and started seeing the competition side of it so I said, well, I want to do some competition hunts. I know I can't take Dan. So I said, I need to find another dog. So then I, um, I bought a dog, a female named May, out of South Carolina from uh, uh, Ashton Mitchell, Mitchell. So she had May. And um, so I bought May and then never been to a competition hunt, never went and spectated, never knew anything about it, looked it up on the Internet, found out where a hunt was in Habersham, drove to, loaded May up, went to Habersham, and just and paid my entry and just went on my first cast ever. <laughs> well, that's that's one way to do it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's the only you, way I can you, do it. You got to break the ice at some point. Yeah, I had, dude, I had no, I didn't understand. I, I've read the, I read the rules before I went, and I, I, I knew some stuff, but I was really far off, you know. Yeah. So, but I met some good people at that, at that first hunt, and it, and it helped helped me along the way. You know what I mean? But that was, I literally didn't know anyone. So, when when I first approached you about. Uh, doing this interview mm. we were we were talking about something else that we'll bring that up later you told me that you were with your wife or your fiance mm. and you were in miami mm. and and you were looking for a, a place to live down there right or you, you weren't planning on moving down there permanently were you? no 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 i uh, actually closed this friday <laughs> okay so so you were looking for a place in miami because you work there a lot right 
and you you told me something on the phone that day you may not remember it but you said yeah i'm i'm, I'm fixing we're, we're we're working on this deal right here but I'm, I'm about to get on an airplane and go to philadelphia mm. and you know having supper tonight you were just talking about flying back and forth across the country how, how do you do that I don't have a choice. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, uh, it's like you're, I guess you're what you would call bi-coastal. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I, I've, it's been plenty of days where I um, I fly to New York in the morning time sometimes for meetings. I, I conclude my meetings there, and because of the time difference in Los Angeles, I can get on a plane and still make day business in L.A. So I'll, I'll leave meetings in the morning. I schedule meetings early in the morning in New York. I get on a plane that afternoon, fly to L.A. where it's still early to early afternoon, have my meetings there, and I fly back to Atlanta the same night on a red eye. That's crazy. I, that would kill me. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, I'd go. I'd go bonkers. I'm. It's not all the time. But uh, but occasionally uh, I I have to do, kind of do it that way. Like we're just like we were in the car just now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have to do it. That's so. that's wild. I, I mean that's wild. So another thing that that we were discussing that got all that started was you were interested in doing some advertising on this podcast. Right. What company are we talking about? I'll let you name it. Oh, for Coon Dogware. Coon Dogware. Coon Dogware. There's not a hunt you go to today. Well, it doesn't matter what kennel club right. you're, you're hunting in, that you don't see somebody with a shirt or a hat or right. a sticker mm-hmm. that says coon dog wear on it. And this is the man that that has the company. And we've been working, trying to get some advertising going on, and and we'll get there. We, right. we haven't we haven't come up with a with, with an option that's good for everybody yet, and it needs to be good for everybody. But. Tell me about Coon Dog Wear and and how you came about it and just you know what's right. what's going on. What are your plans with it? Right, right. So, <clears throat> so going back to going to my first hunt, not knowing any of the rules or anything, I started losing a bunch of money. <laughs> so that's first things first. <laughs> so, uh, but I was going to a night in. Uh, and I was trying to figure out ways to get my family involved, you know. So that way, because it was taking a lot of my time for for a year, I was on the road every week going to hunts, and just I figured the only way I was going to learn is if I enter hunts, you know. And mm-hmm. I wanted to see different calibers and different levels of competition, so I was going to Illinois, Mississippi. I was going everywhere, just because I wanted to see. I, mm-hmm. There was no other way for me to find out anything unless I just went, you know. So I was trying to figure out a way to get my family involved, so that way I could make it a family thing, and everyone would enjoy it as much as I did. So I, I was on Instagram one time, <clears throat> just scrolling around. And I saw an ad for uh, the guy, uh, his name was um, Brian Miller and his parents, uh, uh, Ann and Mr. Miller. So they, they posted on, on Instagram, uh, Coondall Wear was available for sale. So I messaged him. I went through, looked at some of their product line. I have small little experience with clothing, you know. Um, but uh, so I just looked it up, called him. I said, hey, I was interested. Uh, we, we were able to come to uh, an agreement on the deal. I ended up driving to Tennessee and, buy, and buying the company. That's that's awesome. Well, you you got plans for expansion or? Yeah. Well, we um, it's been it's been a learning curve also, just like with the, with the hunting aspect, you know. So just understanding the market, understanding who who you know who wants what, and you know a price point that's fair for everyone. We try to really get the best quality material as possible as, as, as we can get a hold of just because like as you know hunting like you're crossing over creeks you're going over barbed wire fences you, you're doing all types of stuff you're sweating out your head every night you know mm-hmm. so i try to get the best quality i can actually get that can still make it affordable for everyone you know what i mean um so i think we're there now in terms of quality 
Um, we're planning this year on picking up on advertising and making more hunts. Um, so we expect this year to be uh, our best year so far. Uh, I've only I've only been coon hunting for three years. I've only cooned all way two years now. So um, we're, we're definitely planning on ramping up and making a big a big uh, splash this year. Katie Millwood, she's came on board with coon dog wear. She's been a tremendous help. Uh, my fiance, she's she does pretty much everything. <laughs> so <laughs> she's the brains behind the operation. She's definitely right? the brains behind the operation. I just show up and smile, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we're, no, we're working on it. We have big plans for it. I, I feel like it's something that. Uh, like with coon hunters, man, I feel like like it's something you could wear in the woods. You could wear it to dinner. You could wear it, you know, to the bar. You could, wherever you wherever you're going, you could wear it. I know my sweatshirt that I was telling you. <laughs> if if it's not dirty, I'm and it's not hot, I'm wearing it. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter where I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it on, and I have to fight my wife over it. Yeah, because we make it out of a real heavy material. And it's 100% cotton, so that way it lasts. You know, it's like, no matter how many times you wash it, they don't, they're not going to shrink. The color's not really going to fade. It's, 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 it's good quality. So, so. yeah. And you know, you can you can find him at coondogwear.com. Dot com, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can find him on Facebook. Um, Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, you can find him at a hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Certain magazines, uh, like American Cooner, uh, Bloodlines. I'm in there also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're trying we're trying to do a little bit, you know. But like I said, the main purpose behind it was just something for my family and I to travel, be able to travel to hunts, and everyone can do something be, and feel like they're part of it. So it's not just me just running off for the weekend, you know. So when I have when I have a chance to run off on the weekend, which I rarely have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm being a jet setter the way you are. The, <laughs> uh, Delta or one of those airlines, they love you. Yeah, I'm Delta sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> people, like, it's so funny because people all the time say, "Man, how, they're like we'll be at a concert somewhere." They'd be like, "Man, I don't want to change my flight because these fees." I said, "But I can change any flight I want and do anything I need to do." Delta, they, they, no problem, Mr. Kyling. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go where? Okay, no problem. <laughs> and they'd look at me, "Who are you?" <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna cost you seventeen hundred and fifty dollars to change yeah. your flight. <laughs> all right. I did that. <laughs> I did that one time. I went up to the, look. I need to get a different flight out of here. Right. Oh, well, we can do that, but it's going to be like $2,000. Right, yeah. No, that, yeah, they'll kill you on those fees. But, now, so, you know, going back to the to the coon hunting aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, so what are, you, what are your plans for the future of your, your participating in, participation and involvement with, with the sport? You well, know, actually like, hunting? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, you plan on... I plan I on getting better. That's the first thing I plan on doing is getting better. Hey, that's a that's a that's a realistic goal. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody, we all need to get better. Yeah. Um, and you know, me personally, I think we all need to treat each other better. No, I agree. When, when we go into the hunts, um, that's the biggest turnoff for new folks, especially. I mean, you know, you you've managed to be involved in it for three years now, and right. you know. Usually, that new person that gets involved and has a bad experience with it, they don't last as long as you have. So, right, I've had uh, some bad experiences. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we all have. I mean, right, no, for sure. But uh, I, it's not to the point of like where it would deter me. If anything, if anything, I'll say this: right, with the bad experiences, a lot of it is because of lack of my own knowledge mm-hmm. of the rule book and certain rules and certain things that I could have done, done better to protect myself in the woods. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's this year. My goal is to you know get more involved in, in the rule book and, and knowing exactly everything I need to know. You know, especially mm-hmm. with some changes. I know there's been a few changes recently. 
Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they're proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days, same as cash, to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkeys Outdoors, houndsmen helping houndsmen. Yeah, uh, so so that's my goal for this year. I've been, I have, I feel like I've done pretty decent, uh, you know, being a, as new as I am and just jumping out there and I've won a few casts here and there and nothing major, but I enjoy it, you know. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, so it's like, I, and I kind of like looked at the aspect, right, of like, okay, do I want to be a, a big time coon hunter, a competition guy or more of a pleasure guy, this and that. And like I told you earlier, I, I kind of like the middle of the road. You know, I like making the small hunts around the house. I like going to some of the other hunts, but my biggest thing is I want to treat coons. I want to just have fun hunting, you know. Yeah, that's that's why we all get involved with it. We, <laughs> right. we want to see that critter in the tree when we get there. Right, right. Uh, you know, and I don't know, if I'm like most hunters that I don't care which breed it is as long as it's a good one. Right. And, you know, I've got the, my breeds that, that I prefer, and we all do, mm. but uh, I I like a good one. And if they're in there five or 600 yards in the dark, you can't tell what color they are. No, you're right. You're definitely right about that. And and, <laughs> and so I just, I'm, I'm 47, and I started when I was probably 15, and I liked it when I was young. And today I'm, I'm obsessed. Yeah. That's my biggest problem is the obsession. Cause it's expensive obsession. Oh, yeah. I thought deer hunting was expensive until I started doing this. My, my mom used to fuss at me for staying out late going, going hunting and stuff. Right. But now if she tells that story, she'll tell folks, you know, I'd never, I, I never figured that my son would wind up doing the things that he's doing. But you know what? And I fussed at him when he was younger because, you know, he'd be out. He may be at a hunt 100 miles away. He's 16 years old. Right. <clears throat> but I always knew that he wasn't going to be doing something stupid and going being in jail when he was a teenager. Right. And that's why she let me do it. It kept it kept me out of trouble. Right. No, I believe. And and uh, and it was it was something wholesome to do that was, you know. It, Obviously, you got to be in pretty good shape to get through some of this terrain that we hunt in. Right, for sure. So, in you know, I, I've always enjoyed. I just I can't overstate how much I've enjoyed it, and it's been good to me. Yeah, no, it's been awesome, man. Like I said, one of the biggest things for me is like just meeting good people. You know, mm -hmm. like I have friendships that you would never expect to see, see me have. Really, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I went to Illinois for uh, I think a world hunt or something. So I'm just walking around. And somehow I struck up a conversation with a guy, uh, Mr. Jimmy Hodges. And uh, so we're just talking, and he's like, he's like, yeah, so you, I see your tag from Georgia. I said, yeah. I said, I live in McDonough. He said, I live in McDonough, too. I said, really? I said, I live here. He said, I live about two miles from you. So now, from me going all the way to Illinois, I found a guy that lives right down the street from my house. <laughs> so we hunt all the time together now. But it's like the strangest and, thing. And you never would have found I him. I never knew. And he yeah. drives, he's like, man, I drove by that, your house every night. He's like, I never knew that there was another coon hunter there. And we found out in Illinois. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> funny how things work out that way. It's, I mean, this is a great sport. It's it's. I tell folks on the business end of the dogs, mm -hmm. you know, we do it because we love to hunt, and we love these dogs. 
But if you're talking about the business end of it, you know, stud dogs, puppies, breeders, whatever, it's more about the people. Mm. This is a people business. And so, you know, we meet a lot of good people. Mm. And every once in a while you run into a, a, a somebody that clashes with your personality. Right. I, I know I have. Right. Uh, but by and large, I mean, do, do you get to take your kids? Uh, in the woods? Yeah. Yeah. I have a 17-year-old son. I try to get him to go as much as possible. He doesn't. He's not really into it. But uh, here comes every once in a while. My daughter, she's just turned six in December, so she'll be starting up now uh, okay. to go in the woods with me. I haven't taken her prior to then. Yeah, but the 17-year-old, man, I've tried everything I could to get him to come in the woods. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll come once or twice, and I, when I start realizing it was more like a punishment to him, I said, all right, don't worry about it. That's <laughs> why oh, so wow. I stopped asking. <laughs> well, he may, he may come to appreciate it. Who knows? Possibly, possibly, but not anytime soon. <laughs> I got, I got a, a parable story that doesn't have anything to do with hunting. Oh, yeah. Growing up, when I was little, my grandmother would make me get out and weed a garden. Mm. Oh, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated. It. I'd rather be, I'd rather be at the lake. All right. I'd rather be playing baseball. I'd rather watch paint dry. <laughs> I'd rather do any. You could name a hundred thousand different things that I right. had rather be doing than being yeah. out there Weed. pulling weeds and, right. and, and hoeing a garden. And at my age today, Tuesday of last week, mm. what did I do? <laughs> I planted garden. a garden. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe there's there's hope. Like he when he actually gets out there he has a good time. It's just a fact a matter of getting him from from the couch in a video game to the car. Yes. Once he's in the car we're good. Yes. But that little fight right there in the in the beginning part, uh, aspect of that, he, he it's hard to get him off that couch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I get that. I was I, I was the same way too. No, uh, for sure, for sure. There were there were times where I had rather be doing something else than being waiting on that sorry mutt that right. I was hunting to either get treed or come back or get somewhere where I could actually go get catch him. him. Right. Um, so, or you know, maybe quit running that deer. Right. <laughs> yeah, that definitely had it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were talking about before we, but while we were uh, at dinner. You know, getting getting some more youth involved. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got uh, any? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going okay. to. You got any plans for that? And you know, how you want to? Uh, I can't really say plans other than just trying to bring as much awareness as possible. You know, like using social media and and just word of mouth of just me talking to guys. I travel a lot and I go a lot of places. And I talk to a lot of guys all the time, but it's, it's usually music-based, you know? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I throw in there, they'll ask me, what is that hat you have on? I said, it's Coondog wear. So then I pull up the website. I got something I want to bring up about that, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so they'll say, like, well, uh, what hat you have on? So I tell them the Coondog wear, and I pull up the website. Like, on this last tour, we were just on tour, and uh, we're in the in our production office with me and my team. And uh, and they're like, uh, somebody came in that was part of the building, part of the, uh, the company that we were doing the show with, you know? And they said, um, they said, yeah. They said, uh, you know, he's a he's a hunter. He's he's a, he's a, yeah. BK's a big hunter. That's all he does is hunt. They're like, no, really. So they, you know, they're asking me about it. So I pull up the website for Coon Dog Way. I start showing them some videos. And they say, no. He said, hey, when we get back to Atlanta, I want to come with you. 
And I've had that happen two or three times, and they come and they have a ball. You know, mm -hmm. they have a great time. Some of them are a little funny at first about being in the dark by themselves. When I say, hey, wait right here, I'll be right back. They're like, no, nah, I'll come with you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a lot different for them, you know. But, yeah. I, but I've been doing my instead best. Of, instead of country come to town, I mean, city, city country come to town, it, it's, it's, it's town the has opposite, come yeah. to country. <laughs> yeah, so, that, so I've been successful in, in, in my and my, what I'm trying to do is get more people involved, and especially in, like in the music side, because a lot of them have no idea about this mm -hmm. at all. So it's strange when they see like me wearing Kundal wear, they're like, "What the heck is Kundal wear?" You know. So a few months ago, now I guess it was, mm -hmm. I saw this picture of of you mm -hmm. in, in a suit mm -hmm. with your sunglasses on, right? Styling and profiling, <laughs> and you were going to what? To the Grammys. You were going to the Grammy Awards. Yeah. We're you we're, you may be the only coon hunter that was there. I can almost guarantee you I was the only coon hunter there. <laughs> yeah. and, and you told me that for the rehearsal for the Grammy Awards, you were wearing your coon dog wear hat. Yeah. And I ask you, what was their reaction? All right, so let me give you the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're, we have rehearsals. Uh -huh. So we're going to rehearsals. And I'm standing there. I have my coon dog wear hat on. I have a coon dog wear black T-shirt on with the coon, the white coon dog wear sign, right? So we're sitting there, and um, my buddy's talking to me. Everybody's dressed up, you know, pretty pretty nice. I'm the only one that's not. And uh, my buddy's like, man, you love that coon dog wear stuff, don't you? I'm like, yeah, man, I do. And I look to my left. It's Madonna standing to my left. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Wonder's on stage. Everybody's in suits and you know, and like or like some casual wear because it's just rehearsals, you know. And I'm in coon dog wear, and, I, and everybody just think they get a kick out of it. Like my team, they they, they think it's the funniest thing on earth. <laughs> so we know that Madonna knows the word coon dog now. Oh, I, I can't say that she knows it, but she's seen it. <laughs> I'm not sure if she was paying attention or not, <laughs> but I definitely had it on in the building. <laughs> that was, and when you told me that, I, I, I told my wife that, and we still laugh about that. But so. He's in Los Angeles at a rehearsal for the Grammys with all these famous people in there, and he's wearing a hat that says Coon Dog on it. Yeah. I'm like, that's what he told me. Yeah. And I just, we still get the biggest chuckle out of that. And I said, well, I guess famous people know what coon dogs are now. Yeah, well, I, well, hopefully they do. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely try to make it a point to even see it. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you know, I don't know if, if there has been, and you've only been doing it a short time, I don't know if there's been another ambassador that's been able or had the, had the ability to spread awareness to people that somebody like, I've, I've, I don't want to say I've made a career out of it, right. but most of my, uh, all of my adult life and, you know, most of my teens, I've been in the woods at night a lot of nights right. and but I don't have I don't have that ability to, to reach across uh, social and well, I don't know what the word I'm like socioeconomic lines and 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 spread awareness of our sport to other people the way right. that you've been able to do that right well I, like I, said, I, pr I pretty much purposely wear you know the Kundal wear stuff when I'm out in certain places, just like you said, it's all about brand awareness and getting people involved. And a lot of times, like there was a photo of me with with my artist, and 
it was, it, I guess it made it some blogs or whatever, you know, but I had a Kundal wear hat on and T-shirt. But I, people were, you know, actually looking it up and saying, well, dang, well, what's Kundal wear or what's this? And, it, you know, I could see the, on, the, uh, on the analytics of the website of the numbers increasing for certain periods, and I can correlate that to when I did certain things and certain pictures came out, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I feel like it's done some some help. So, so this Tyler, we should feel blessed at Coon Hunting University podcast because this is actually the very first interview that Will has done. Definitely the first. (laughs) He told me that the music industry keeps asking him to do them, and he won't. So we should be, we should feel blessed. I was to some some people in the music industry, not not everybody, but I definitely get asked to do, like, panels, like, speak on panels or or to do podcasts. I, um, but I definitely, I would, like, I would do this one with you, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're buddies, so That's it, makes right. it, it makes it a lot easier, you know. Yeah, I, I we're standing like... out here in the middle of a hunting camp <laughs> yeah. with the microphones on, on the top dog of a dog box <laughs> with my P4 plugged into the, the power outlet on my side-by-side, yeah. waiting for it to get dark so we can go turn the dog loose. Yeah, and we still have a, a while we, to we, wait. <laughs> we still got a while to, to yeah, it's, it's not dark. It's, you know, it's getting to be late April, and the time has changed. It's hot. It's warm. <laughs> Will's over here sprayed himself down in some off. <laughs> right. I told you what happened yesterday. Turkey hunting. Yeah. Yeah. He said he got ate up with mosquitoes yesterday. Uh, I, had, I hadn't broke. It. I hadn't broke the insecticide out or the or the bug spray yet because they hadn't started messing with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe they have, and I'm used to it. Right. Uh, but uh, I tell you, sitting in them bottoms of one of them turkeys, man, mosquitoes about to walk off of me. Yeah, I've been in some swamps there in the summertime where the only place that I hadn't sprayed was my hands, and I looked down and there's 20 mosquitoes on there. Right. And, you know, they're just tearing you up, and you're like, man, I got, hold on, I, I got to go back to the truck. And, right. And just, just wash your hands in it. Right, right. Uh, but, and same way I've been at, uh, I remember me and uh, some friends of mine, we went down and were doing some inshore fishing on the Georgia coast mm-hmm. in March. And it was sweatshirt weather that morning when we mm-hmm. left. And the sand gnats. Everything that you didn't have a piece of clothing on, by the time I had a buff. Mm-hmm. And I pulled it up over my nose and over my ears and put pulled my hat down over it. And the only thing you could see was my eyes. Mm-hmm. And they didn't mess so much with my eyes too bad. The only thing that wasn't covered was my hands. And when I got finished, my hands were red from where I'd been bitten by those gnats. Dang. Everything else was good. Right. But they started getting me on the neck and the face, and so I put the, pulled that buff up. And, right. And those, when those bugs get bad, they are bad. Oh, well, I bet you next thing you have some gloves on. Well, <laughs> it's hard to reel a fish in with gloves on. And, and I, I mean, it, there, was no, there was no off, no, right. no stuff that you could put on your hands to keep those things away. You had to cover them up. Dang. It was bad. That sounded bad. It, it, but the fish were biting, so we, we so tolerated it. It. <laughs> it was worth it. I don't I enjoy fishing, but I enjoy catching way more. Right, right. <laughs> and no, he had sure. put us on the fish that morning. Oh, that's good, then. Yeah, God, fishing's boring to me, man. I, I can't get into oh, it. Oh, you need to go with me. Really? Oh, yeah. We, we go catching. Oh, okay. <laughs> <I'll> try it out. <laughs> we go catching. You know, uh, but...
Yoder Nylon has long been known for producing the highest quality briar-proof products on the market. Now they've formed a partnership with Razor Hunting Gear to produce all Razor's new hunting products. Razor has a wide selection of products from competition belts, chest rigs, strap vests, to hunting jackets. These products look as well as they perform. Razor Hunting Gear, designed by coon hunters for coon hunters. Razor Hunting Gear's newest products are now available for order. You can find a link in the description box below. Man, I, I just, I'm excited that you came down and we're going to get to go hunting together. For sure. Uh, you know, I, I met Will, I'm, he called one to buy a booth at the Peach Classic hunt and mm -hmm. I rented him a booth and that's where I met him at and we've kept in contact ever since. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is actually the first time we've gotten together. I judged a cast you had a dog on. Right, yeah. But this is the first time we've ever gotten together to go coon hunting. Yeah, definitely the first it time. It definitely doesn't need to be the last time. No, for sure. Well, <laughs> I the past two, two, what, two, three months I've been gone. Oh, yeah. So this like the last two weeks I've had some off time, you know, so I'm able to start getting back up, get out and trying to get some of these dogs tuned back up. So. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get a chance, I definitely can do it again. Yeah, y'all, y'all need to keep your eye out for, for Will Kylin because he's got. Um, we've talked, and we're not going to discuss it on the podcast right <laughs> now, but we've talked about some things tonight. He's got some big ideas for, for coon hunting and and trying to help make this thing more mainstream. And if there's anybody out there that's got the connections to do it, I believe it's you. I appreciate it. I hope so. I'm definitely going to do my best. It just brings like so much enjoyment, you know, so it's like I would like to share that with other people and get more people involved because there's still a lot of room for growth. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> What's your favorite breed of dog? Coonhound. Well, coon Coonhound. Well, it's hard to say, right, because I've only been hunting for a couple so far. Of years. All right. So far, I like walker dogs. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> no, I, I, I would be in the minority. The Walker breed is America's breed as far as coon hounds go. I mean, they're just right. everywhere you go, you draw walkers. Right. See, the thing was, too, like like I told you, when I first started, I didn't have anyone to teach me anything or say anything. So right, me and my dad were talking, and uh, he's my dad, he's like an encyclopedia for me, you know? So anytime mm -hmm. I don't know nothing, the first person I call is my dad for it, no matter what it is. So I call and say, hey, I, I want to get a coon dog and start coon hunting. He's like, you need to go get a walker. I said, uh, I said, well, why is this? I said, I like, and I like blue ticks and black and tan. They look cool. I like those. He said, no, you need to go get a walker. He's like, go get a walker. If it don't work out, then go try something else. But he's like, he's like, you're gonna get started. He's like, get started with the walker. I, like, All right. I can't find any fault with his advice. I'll be, <laughs> be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm I've owned a few. Uh, I, I was when I got my first hound. It was a plot, mm. and. One of the f people that grew turkeys for my grandfather was a coon hunter. Mm. I didn't know anything about coon hunting. My daddy didn't coon hunt. Mm. My, I found out later on, after I'd been coon hunting a long time, that my grandpa used to coon hunt and possum hunt with the old man that lived right down the road from us. Mm. But they hunted for food. Right. And he didn't like it because he was the one that had to carry the sack. <laughs> right. And they would park a truck on this end of the creek and then five or six miles, they'd park another truck on the other end of the creek, and they'd walk to the next truck. All right. That, and that, 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 I bet that sack got heavy. Yeah, he said that sack <laughs> got real heavy. And that, they would catch the possums live mm -hmm. and put them in the sack. And they'd kill the raccoons and mm -hmm. put them in the sack because they were way higher in the tree. <clears throat> but he would bring those possums home and give them to my grandma. She'd put them in a chicken coop and feed them buttermilk and cornbread for a month, and they'd eat them. Mm. They'd 
it's been said, I don't know because I hadn't ever asked her to do it because mm. I hadn't been brave enough. But it's been said that my grandmother made the best possum sweet tater in two or three counties around here. Oh, yeah. And I asked her about that one time and she said, honey, I hadn't been hungry enough in a long time to cook a possum. <laughs> That's your answer right there. <laughs> and she said it was good. Right. But they didn't know any better. I mean, she said, I'd rather have a ribeye steak. Right. But we had what we had. Yeah, you had what you had, yeah. And you had to make it, you had to make it taste good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, 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 don't, I don't know that I'd ever try it, but it's because I'm not. I, I enjoy eating raccoon. Right. But it's not something that I'm going to go during the wintertime and kill a raccoon, dress it, cook it and eat it because my wife wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole right right you'd have to trick her and even if she enjoyed it if she ever found out i'd be having to call a divorce lawyer right because she would whoop me mm-hmm. um but you know i've I think, tried I've, I've i've had coon i've ate some coon mm-hmm. i've never eaten possum but my neighbor at my house uh, in mcdonough he um when I started coon hunting, I told him, he's like, well, he's like, when you get one, bring it over here. He's like, I'm going to look up some recipes, and he, he barbecues all the time. So he barbecued it, and we made a sandwich out of it. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. Plus, my dad, he's like, <clears throat> he always says, if you're, you're going to go hunting and shoot something, you better make sure you eat it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, going back to, to what you do mm-hmm. for, for a real job and, and the awareness you can bring to, to what we do is for fun, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Somebody like you would be able to give something like a raccoon some intrinsic value because, you know, we're 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 the low hanging fruit as, as coon hunters. I mean, and we're 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 able to get, you know, we catch all the flack, right? Uh, and we can do everything right, but we're still catching all the flack. See, somebody like and and this is just me talking, all right? Somebody like you with the connections that you have can bring awareness to people who would never otherwise know anything about it. Mm -hmm. And we might be able to give these varmints some intrinsic value. Possibly. Because, you know, right now, you know, the state of Georgia, they have declared war on the raccoon. Right. I mean, if we got a puppy tonight, and if they go out and do a good job, I don't like doing it this time of year because the sows have kits and everything, but it would be perfectly legal for us to take one and put in that puppy's mouth. Right. Where two years ago it would be poaching. It definitely would have been. And so, uh, you know, everybody knows that in the state of Georgia, raccoons and possums kill all the turkey eggs. Oh, they're the only, they're the only thing out there that eats them. <laughs> they have no other predators other than a coon or turkey or uh, a coon or possum. Yeah, so, you know, it doesn't matter that, that, that poultry farming in Georgia is probably more done in Georgia than anywhere else in the world. For sure. And turkey, wild turkeys are poultry. And whatever diseases chickens get, it gets spread to the wild bird population. Right. What, you know, we have had an <laughs> influx of wild hogs. But in all my years of... I, Growing up, I turkey hunted. I love it. But we just don't have any turkeys anywhere that I have the ability to go hunt mm-hmm. like we used to. And so after a while, it was kind of like you go out there, you try to find a bird, and nothing happens. And basically, I'm sitting in the dew. It's cold, and nothing's going on. 
it didn't take long to lose interest. Mm-hmm. And but one thing we didn't have when I was all about turkey hunting was wild hogs. And but having said all that, and you may agree with this, I think the number one problem with wild turkeys is encroachment on habitat. No, I agree. Because I don't know, Georgia picks up probably somewhere between four and 6,000 people a month mm-hmm. in population. And these people got to go somewhere. They're not all living in Atlanta. No, for sure. You know, another thing too, it's just, like I said, just talking, whatever. But I feel like when it, when they started the whole baiting thing with the corn and, and this and that, I feel like that changed a lot of the dynamics in the woods. You know, I agree with you. Somebody asked me one time about hunting a certain place. You're going to turn loose in here. It's nothing. It's 500 acres of pine trees. I said, man, there's more corn in this 500 acres of pine trees than there is in a 500-acre cornfield. Right. But that's, that, to me, that changes the scope of the woods. Well, it does. Um, if, if we're, we're blessed in Georgia to have a lot of public land to hunt. Mm, for sure. But that public land is surrounded by private land that feed the deer. Right. Obviously, when uh, feed resources are easy to get, animals like to expend the fewest fewest amount of calories obtaining food. Right. Where do they go? They leave the public land, go to the private land, and eat on the feed Mm -hmm. that's put out there for deer. And that has really changed the dynamic of where we hunt and how we hunt and animal patterns everything yeah and it's also as for coon hunters has brought into uh i'd say for me it's probably first and foremost you got to have a handle on that dog for sure he's got to come back when you call him if not i've said it before i'll say it again you have to be really good friends with your game warden and your sheriff because somebody's calling somebody right not for sure they don't want you on their place and and with good reason. I understand today's society, but, but you know, growing up, I tell everybody that I could go hunt around my house for a month, turn loose three or four times a night, and never turn loose in the same place twice. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that now. No, you and definitely so, can't do that now. But <clears throat> like I said, we're, we are very blessed that in Georgia, we do have a lot of public land to hunt. Now... Some of those months we can't hunt it, but if you take a place like Texas or a place like Indiana, that's about 90% privately owned. So, you know, you you got to know somebody out there to get permission to go. Right. And so I feel like, you know, we're blessed with as much public land as we have because there's opportunities. It doesn't matter if you coon hunt, squirrel hunt, rabbit hunt, deer hunt. Anybody can get in the woods in Georgia. In Georgia, if you get your hunter safety card, buy your hunting license. Welcome to the Coon Hunting University podcast, where we'll discuss all things coon hounds, from competition hunting to pleasure hunting with family and friends. I'm your host, Alan Bridges, and we'll take an in-depth look at our hounds from the welting box to the winter circle and all the stops in between. So grab your notebooks and your pencils because class is in session. You can go hunting if you want to. Right. And a lot of those places, though, 
you have to get real good at what you're doing because you may have to be in oh, there yeah. a long way. Yeah, you got to go find them now. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, got you to do that on your own. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but, you know, there's resources out there. And, uh, but it's it's uh, one of those deals where if you want to go, you know, where there's a wheel, there's a way. Right, right. So, all right, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, if it if it kind of gets a little choppy there, we had to we had to pause for a brief intermission uh, because Future decided he needed to call Will and talked about something. So, <laughs> being Future's manager, Will had to Will had to step away for a second. But we were we were at one point we're discussing about uh, you being an ambassador and. You know, we're not all about hard-hitting news or anything like that, but we felt, you know, during that break, we, we, we decided that we felt like we ought to talk about this. And I think leading into it, uh, I'd like to say that in all of my years of coon hunting, I feel like this has been, this community is probably one of the most inclusive communities uh, around in, in sports. Uh, we, we like to judge the dog and hopefully not the man behind it so right. and and i've never been to a hunt where someone was made unwelcome that i know about right. because of where they came from right so you know having said that you know you being an ambassador for this sport now whether you like it or not mm -hmm. but you are tell me about some of your plans to get youth involved that may not have ever had the opportunity or may not even know right what this is right well when i like i said when i first moved to georgia um from virginia from college i my first business i started was a um a group home right mm -hmm. so for troubled youth and inner city youth and uh in atlanta so uh, what i was thinking about doing with coon dog wear this year is the, the summer is to kind of have a retreat weekend uh for the youth in atlanta for troubled youth or any of the any like um I guess with the, the group home, like, it's kind of like a system, right? The DJJ Department of Juvenile Justice and these people, they have, you know, the group homes and, and other places like that for troubled youth. So all I was going to do is get with those those houses and take groups of kids to the woods for a weekend, you know, and introduce them to coon hunting, explain to them what it is, show them how to take, take care of a dog, you know, show them how to clean the kennel runs and, and just show them everything that goes into it so that way they can kind of see it from a different aspect. Um, I, I feel like as of right now, that would be the the – best way in my mind for me to, to help out with the not only the youth but also with the sport to get more people involved and more more eyes on it um so that's one of my main objectives uh this summer is to uh put on a youth program uh through coon dog wear that is a really really good idea and i had ought to be ashamed of myself for never thinking about that but that's like you you're part it, of it you don't even know it yet so yeah it's fine. <laughs> so, so i uh, well, let me be the first to say I, I want to help any way I can. Definitely, man. I appreciate that. So, um, you know, getting back to hunting, it's it's starting to get a little bit dark. I had to put on my light to turn the the podcast machine back to record so I could see. So we're getting a little bit dark, but but uh, what do you like? Uh, what kind of what style dog have you? Has, has piqued your interest thus far thus far tell me what you like to see in a dog um i like i like a handle on one for sure that helps out a long way i like a dog that's 
not necessarily a, a, t- a top end strike dog. I kind of like the middle to the lower end strike dog. I like a dog that has a coon. That's my biggest thing. Um, I like a dog that moves through the woods good. You know, a, a good fast dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's man, there's just so many things I like and don't like. You know what I'm saying? Well, t- tell me what they are. You know, what what don't you like? What I don't like is a babbler. <laughs> Man, me and you are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> so I don't like that. I, I don't like. Um, I don't like a dog that just just gonna make a whole bunch of trees. You know. Yeah. Um, I like dogs that when they park it, they they know that they have it and they're gonna stay there and wait on you. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just like a smart dog. Someone that ha- a dog that has some sense to them. Yeah. I- I always said that if you're not going to be first, you better be right. Right. <laughs> right. And I, and I prefer, personally, I prefer to be right. So it's like, I haven't had a great deal of experience with the dogs yet. Um, I'm trying every day I can, that I can to, mm-hmm. you know, get better myself and you know, have better dogs and, and to keep pushing myself to, to do better. But um, I, 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 I preferably prefer a, a lower-end straight dog that's, that can move through the woods, has a, a big motor on them that's going to go find a coon. Because out here in Georgia, you know, it might be a, a mile before you even open up on track. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I just like an all-around good dog, man. It's not, I, just, I just can't take the bad one. <laughs> I can't either. I can't either. I just, I don't know, something has never, ever, in for 30 years, sat right with it. Yeah. I had a blue tick one time, and he was a babbler. Mm. And I liked everything about that dog except the fact that he babbled. <laughs> right. So I would stop at the gas station and get me a can of dip, mm. and I'd get him one too. <laughs> and you know, people laugh at me when I do that. When right. I tell them this story, it was I'd put the dip in his mouth, and he was so worried about spitting that tobacco out that he forgot to bark. <laughs> and, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, I might <need> try that. <laughs> so you know, uh, tech tip. There you go. There you go. Uh, but, I, I, but there's so many different styles of dogs, you know. Like, so it, I don't know. I feel like there, there's all types of good ones. Oh yeah, uh, there's all me, types of good ones. I'm, me, I'm, you gotta have that coon though. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I was asking you what what style do you prefer? Right. Yeah. You know, I like one that has some independence. Uh, they need to be loud for me. I like. I like. Well. They don't have to be overpowering loud, but they need to be loud enough Nothing that I can hear them. Right. And, you know, I like some independence, but for me, independence, and I may catch some flack for this. I like one that if he's, if he knows he's right and nothing backs him or whatever, he's, he's fine with that. Right. But they don't have nothing going on and, and can get a piece of something. Exactly. <laughs> right. It, the, the name of the game is they had a raccoon. That's right. So, That's right. I, I feel you the know, same way. Like, dogs are pack animals. Like I get the whole deep and lonely thing, and, and I understand it, but at the same time, though, I, if my dog has a choice of getting on a tree or getting on the track with a dog and sharing the tree, that's fine with me. Yeah. I, uh, I, as long I, as you're right. Yeah, you, you got to be right. I like one. So I, I like, a, you know, some independence. No, for sure. But for me, what I cut my teeth on was one that was first. Right. You don't have to be independent if you're first. Right. And, you know, I like a dog that will get on the tree and have his feet on the tree and throw his head back in tree. But I understand, too, that sometimes that tree gets real crowded. Mm-hmm. And my preference, someone, I just as soon have one back up and sit down. Right. Uh, I don't like 
a mean dog, I, but I don't want one that will leave. Um, you, you may drive six or eight hours to a hunt and there may be a pile of money on the line and you got the brakes and you got lucky to get there at the end. And there's nothing more dejecting than having your dog get kicked out of the kicked out of the tree there. Right. You know. But at the same time, you you know you don't want a whole bunch of vet bills either. No, that's for sure. So, I just was curious of the kind of style that you like. Um, you know, we'll we'll find out in a minute what what, <laughs> what we both have. You know, <clears throat> the one I'm hunting tonight, he's old and worn out and in his prime he would have been probably classified as a deep and lonely dog and he was no fun to hunt monday through thursday right uh, or sunday through thursday even in some time in some point but he was fun to be to have in the woods on the weekends uh i tell everybody he actually got to be a really nice fun dog to hunt when he got old because mm. he slowed down right <laughs> but uh you know we'll we'll find out what we do we hunting in the same i hunted this same track of land last night and we treed two mm -hmm. so i know that there is at least one coon left in here because we took <laughs> we took one for a puppy um but you know uh, there's this place that we're hunting tonight it's got in the fall of the year it has got more natural feed resources on it than any place that i've ever seen mm. There's everything from wild cherries to wild grapes, muscadines. You ever heard of a pawpaw? No. There's more pawpaws on that <laughs> river bottom than I've ever seen. Well, you got to show me that. Well, they're not in season. It'll oh, be, okay. They're summertime fruit, and they get ripe in the fall. Mm. If they had a shelf life, you would know what they were because it's like banana pudding in a pod. What? Yes. <laughs> it, they're, they're delicious. But when they, you got about three days when they get ripe, mm. and they're gone. Dang. Uh, you know, there's blackberries here. There's all kinds of stuff. And on the river bottom, there's acre, oak, lots of oak trees. And there's plenty of stuff for the coons and, and all the game around here to eat. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was, I've been amazed at, at the stuff that's in there. And, and so I just wonder sometimes, because I told you when we pulled in here that this place with all the feed resources that's in here, mm -hmm. I told you that this place will humble you. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they, get, they get lazy now. All that yeah. food. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, that, for some reason, I don't know what it is. You got to have a real dog to get them treed down here. Mm. Um, we don't have any feed out right now, and that's something that that's something that a lot of coon hunters are, will tell you. You know, you don't have a real dog if you got to hunt over feed. But what? What is your take on that situation, being being somebody new to the sport, relatively? Uh, well, over feed? Yeah. Uh, I'll give you my opinion on it after I hear yours. I personally, I feel like it's good for pups and for young dogs and, to, you know, if you want to get something going and kind of intrigue them a little bit. But I, my older dogs, I expect more out of I don't like to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, here's my opinion on that now. Uh, I don't like to dump them on top of it. Right. Um, you know, it. I've always had the dogs that would get in trouble in a hunt if I turned them loose 50 yards from the bucket. Mm. But I also understand that if you want to have game in the area, you may, in the game in the area that you have the ability to hunt. Right. 
you may have to feed them whether oh, you sure. whether you turn a dog 500 800 a thousand yards away from the feed in that general direction but it's been my experience around here that especially in the last 10 or 15 years in, in this part of the state maybe not so much where we are right now tonight mm -hmm. but at home and tracks of land keep getting smaller and smaller no for sure that's so, like you know my place uh my land is in uh, sparta which is what you said about 30 minutes from here mm -hmm. so we have a few hundred acres over there and i i, I know that if i if i don't have feeders up i can't take a cast there because they're gonna get off and go go off too far away, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm pleasure hunting by myself, I don't have, I'm not worried about it because it's just myself going in through the woods, you know. You so go it's through fine. the woods, you got more control over your dog, right? You're not, you're not right. hunting against a scorecard, right? With, with so, in, so in that scenario, that. I know, okay, if all my feeders are up, I know I can carry a cast through the woods all night. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so in those type of scenarios, and yeah, you know, like I like I got to make sure I keep the game close to my property. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Well, I mean, so we were fortunate enough to have the time to go to Arkansas mm -hmm. this past fall. And there was no end, it almost seemed like there was no end in sight to the the places that we had access to. Right. And it was, it was all public land. But, uh, you know, some folks might make fun of me for this. I, we brought me and the guy that I hunted with, we brought three dogs out there. One went down the first night, one went down after the second night, just from injury. And partly that was because uh, the first night, the dog that I took was old and out of shape, and I hunted the hair off of him. Right. Uh, the second night, dog got hurt. Uh, well, he got he got an injury. He he got something stuck in his foot. Mm -hmm. And so that last night we went out there, we changed our whole tactic to, we basically were, were put the dog on the trail in front of the side by side. And after about 10 or 11 miles, she turned around and looked at me like, dad, I'm done. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, we were able to employ a few different ones, but you can't hunt 11 miles on a side by side here. That's, no. that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, you definitely can't do that. So. Um, you get that, two. You get two or three. Yeah. Well, if you're lucky. Right. If you're lucky, I mean, you you figure you got a mile of creek bottom, you ought to be able to got a cast. Right. Well, with today's style of dog, sometimes that mile gets awfully short. Well, they go through that mile so fast. Until about seven, eight minutes, they're out, they're out of the country. So, several years ago, on this very piece of property, we turned my male dog loose, and my buddy that was hunting with me. He, he doesn't have any dogs, but he loves to, he loves to hunt. He said, uh, he, he reaches down in his pocket and he pulls out his Marlboro lights and, and he fires one up. By the time a dog struck, I said, we got to go. So we don't, we don't smoke in my truck. Mm. And, and he, he put it out and we pulled around and I got out and I was listening to him. He reaches in his pocket, <laughs> grabs another one. Lights hey, I up. know where this is going. And I was like, we got we to go. <laughs> And I mean, and he was looking at it. I mean, he he was moving. Right. And it was February, so coons were in rut. Right. And and uh, guys, if you could see this right now, you'd laugh because Will's over there <laughs> squatting bugs. Uh, you know, about the about the fourth time we got out of the truck, he reached in his pocket. I said, "Really?" He's like, 
We're fixing to go, huh? Like, yep. <laughs> we ran we ran out of ground on this place, and it's from the dirt road over there to the highway is two miles. Right. On the river bottom. How long was that, time-wise? 15, maybe 20 minutes. I'm, right. I mean, that, that raccoon was running for his life. Right. And he knew where to go. We had to get there. He just and he he had to get there, and you know that dog does not bark on track. But I hunted that dog long enough to know that he doesn't run any fast game. He what he was running was a raccoon. Right. And you know I ran out of ground before he got him treated. I had to cut the dog off. Mm. But it was a funny story about he just kept trying to light his cigarette. And I was like, no, you, you can't do that. You, we're fixing to go. <laughs> Should have put him on a tailgate. Yeah, well, he didn't He didn't want to be on the tailgate because I was I was hauling Boogie through there trying, oh, to get, okay. trying to make sure he didn't get hit in the road. And, you know, you still got to worry. And on top of all the property lines and property string, you got to worry about highways now. No, for sure. So That's one thing I say, like, on, on the, some of the cats I've been on, I hate when you get dumped on a property that you know is too small just by looking on your phone, you know. Yeah, I had a guy. I had a guy. We were guiding to a place, and it was tight. But uh, we turned loose, and my dog and the guide, the guide's dog, had been there, mm. and they knew how to hunt it. Well, the other guy, he, he, his dog didn't. Right. And we knew that we could hunt this ninety way. minutes. Right on that it, well, it was a peninsula it was like it had a it was a bottleneck where we were where we went into the place mm -hmm. and it was a peninsula surrounded on three sides by water mm -hmm. and his dog hit the edge and went all the way around it and was gone and he had to go get him out of somebody's yard mm -hmm. and when you know, we explained that you know from the get-go and so i don't know i believe and this is just my opinion again that we're going to come full circle with dogs instead of the ones that blow through the country. Mm. You turn the dogs loose to yeah, they right start there. hunting. Right. And you know, I I don't know. I'm 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 still on the fence about which way I still want to go. Right. My age is telling me you might want one that hunts a little closer, but my heart's still telling me I want one that cannot be dry hold. Right. And so that, that's where I'm at, but Maybe if I was hunting in a place that didn't have a human population as big as it is, mm. I would still definitely be. I want the one that, that will get through there and just get one treed no matter how far it takes. And, right. And, you know, hope for the best. But with the roads and the property lines, I'm, I'm, I don't get upset with my dog when it decides to check in in 20 minutes if it hadn't barked. Right. So, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but... No, I still get upset. <laughs> you still get upset. <laughs> my buddy Caleb, I'm supposed to interview him tomorrow. He still gets upset. <laughs> does he? Yeah. Shout out to Preacher Man. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Preacher Man. We'll have him on the podcast yeah, next. Yeah, I like Caleb and Preacher Man. 
but man will it's been awesome i am looking forward to turning these dogs loose Definitely. and and uh i'm i'm glad you were able to find time in your busy schedule with the with with all the famous people you get to deal all with there right, you go starting to, this to, again <laughs> to take time out with little old me that was a pleasure i can't i can't wait to get uh, get in these woods and just have a good time and like i said i leave town friday so maybe we can get together again tomorrow well you know you got anything else you want to cover before we shut her down no i just um like i said we're expecting a good year this year with uh coon dog wear we'll be at all the major hunts this year um uh, hoping to do some like i said some some youth uh outreach program events uh on my, on my place in sparta through coon dog wear so just looking forward to just providing a good product for everybody man all right and where can they find you uh coondogwear.com coondogwear.com you know i see it everywhere i go now it's it's becoming a staple about like a pair of waders so y'all get out there and get some and support the youth definitely all right well thank you so much man i appreciate you buddy i really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as i did if you like what you heard here go on over to facebook give us a like at coon hunting you also go to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out and remember if you need a new hunting light do not overlook superior they make an awesome light best customer service in the business man they're walking light and double red is the brightest i've ever seen use coupon code chu podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com you can find the link in the description box below this coon hunting university is a product of audio hound productions until next time y'all have a wonderful day